Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're we're Identical identical twins. Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie, And And we're we're Identical Twins. Twins. All right, this is another episode of Him Talk, Twin Talk. So great to have you here. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, whether you're tuning in on Apple Music or Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. We're just happy you found us. Yes, and you know, we end up talking a lot about how we're on social media and how yes. to find us. But the truth is, is that if you're already here, you know how to find us. You know how to find <laughs> us. Yeah. So thank you for following us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We really have been enjoying all our time on social media, mm-hmm. the clues. Mm-hmm. In fact, our next guest, we have a guest. Mm-hmm. And we found him through social media. Yeah. So, well, we've been able to connect with a lot of podcasters yes. and a lot of him lovers. Yes. So we have another interview for you today. And he is a him lover. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to continue with the with the interviews, you know, the whole season. Right. But it's been really nice, huh, Cal? Mm-hmm. Especially introducing people we love, like yes. our parents. Yes. But also introducing these new him loving friends. Right. Right. There's a huge him loving family out there. Right. So it's been fun to connect. So we want to just introduce our guy. His name is William. And he's going to tell you all the him. Right. He has to announce it. Okay. Right. So let's just roll the interview. Okay. All right. Well, here we are. This yes. is our friend from across the pond. Yes. This is a him talk, twin talk first. <laughs> we love those first. All right, so his name is William Long, and we are interviewing him from England. England. All right, William, you have to tell our listeners the name of this week's hymn. Um, they're dying to know. Yes, they're wait- <laughs> they've been waiting patiently. I'm dying to reveal it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this week's hymn is the beautiful, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Oh, so good. I hope our listeners are really enjoying his accent. I mean... Um, yeah. Can you say something like just English for us? You know, what do you say over there? Do you say bangers and mash? <laughs> <laughs> so if I, I'll give you t- two phrases that um, that we like to say a lot. Okay. Um, one of them is cheers. Right. Which we say when we're drinking. So like you think the yes. glasses go, say cheers. Or, you, or more often we say it as thank you. Okay. So instead of saying thank you, we just say cheers. Okay. okay. So at the end of this interview... Yes. We can say it. We'll all say it together. Yeah. Well, we can, can say actually it. say it right now. Cheers for being here. Cheers Is that how you say it? <laughs> Do you say it like in a sentence like that? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, you William, just, cheers. You just say cheers. Okay, it's a one word thing. Okay, okay, okay William, yeah. cheers. Cheers, yeah. <laughs> and right. then the, the other word that really threw my wife off, uh, she, my wife is American. Oh, Agnes. good. The word that um, we always say as a greeting is, hmm. all right. All right. Uh, all right. So if you just walk past someone in the street, you just say, all right. 
Really? And then you'd reply with, all right. <laughs> okay, so that just seems like an answer to a question. If someone said, all right, I would be like, um, I didn't ask how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think it's really fun that, you know, you're in England, we're in America, and our hymn, Tis yes. So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, actually has this connection to both of our countries. Yeah. Because our hymn writer, Louisa Steed, hey, would you say Steed or Stead? I always pronounce it Stead, but it might be Steed. Oh my I gosh, we said know. Steed. I mean, I really don't know. We don't know either. And Stead is her married name when she married an American. Right. So I think I think yeah. the way we say it is right. <laughs> is she she's from Dover originally. Yes. 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 And then yes. and then she came yeah, to America. Then, she came to Ohio. Yeah, which and is where my wife is from. <laughs> such a fun connection. I know. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so it's kind of fun that we have this hymn. Now, tell us a little bit about who you are and, you know, why your interest in hymns. Um, yeah, we just want to know all about you. Okay, well, my name's William Long. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. We want to say hi. Oh, we want to uh, say, all right. All right. Can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do it right? Yeah. All right, good. All right. William Long. <laughs> and I'm a... Uh, a film editor from England. I live just north of London in a town called Hartford. Mm -hmm. uh, it was founded by the same guy he founded Hartford, Connecticut. But there's a funny story about that. Um, at one of our local pubs, they have paintings of Hartford. And I go to Hartford Baptist Church. Oh. And so whoever was um, the artist who was like in charge of painting it looked up images of Hartford Baptist Church and painted Hartford Baptist Church in Connecticut. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, despite our church only being about a five-minute walk from the pub. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Google can be really complicated. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your interest in hymns. When I was a child and even as a teenager, I found old hymns really boring. Right. And I was very outspoken about them. I was like, oh, why do we have to sing this on the organ? Why can't we get like the guitars and drums and sing some some modern music. Right. And then back in 2017, when I first started like really getting into hymns for the first time, I realized uh, like how wrong I was. <laughs> it's true though. You, you definitely hear things in a new way. I feel like God opens your eyes, opens yes. your heart, opens your ears, and you do hear it in a new way. Yeah. I mean, even me as the worship leader, I'll say to the congregation, you know, we're singing this old hymn, but really listen to these words and, right. and pray these words. A lot of the hymns are prayers. You know, make these words yeah. be your prayer. Uh, I lead worship at my church you do as well. Only occasionally for the evening services. Normally I'll be playing guitar or mandolin in the band. Okay. Yeah, whenever I've led services and I've included hymns, I always make a point of talking about yeah. the story behind the hymn right. because um, like, it's part of like the story behind the hymns and why people were compelled to write them um, is the reason why I love them so much now and why I feel connected to them. Mm. And so whenever I lead worship at church and have a hymn, I feel like it's important to share that story and the meaning of the hymn. I love that. I mean, that's basically the premise of Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Exactly. And I think that's why we're talking today. That's why we've connected because we are putting this podcast out there to give people that information. And you have that same passion. Now, tell us a little bit about your book because our listeners probably don't know. Besides film editing and leading worship and playing guitar and mandolin, you're also an author. An author and an editor. So you um, created this publication called Hymns of Note. And that's really how we found each other because I found your book first. Um, tell us a little bit about what went into writing this book. 
Hymns of Note really started back in 2017 when I first got interested in hymns. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get my wife a, a spousal visa to move over to the UK uh, from, from America. And um, we had a really hard time with it. Oh. Um, we'd got married and her visa had been denied and we were forced to be apart for about six months um, after we had just got married. Wow. I don't wish that upon anyone. Yeah. For six months. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. But during that time, I discovered a, a musician called Nathan Drake, who he has reawakened hymns, which I don't know if you, if you know about reawakened hymns. He's really talented. And so he does a lot of um, acoustic covers of hymns. Mm-hmm. Uh, he creates sheet music for them um, to try and make it easy for churches to incorporate hymns in their worship. Okay. And so I started listening to him and really enjoyed the music. Um, and then I started like looking up the, the stories and meanings behind my, my favorite hymns. Mm. Started to fall in love with them. As I started to um, read about the stories behind the hymns and the writer's motivations for writing them and the meanings behind them, I realized that they were facing the same problems and difficulties that I was facing today. They were having like their own experience with God um, that I was having. And we were like hundreds of years apart. And then all of a sudden they just clicked. And yeah, I just started to to see them in a new way and really felt connected to them. And we say it all the time on our podcast that these hymns are relevant. They are for everyone. Um, it's a mixture of like giving it a chance, but also, you know, having the Holy Spirit kind of lead you there. So what are like some of your favorite hymns? What hymns when you sing in church are, is your heart just soaring? Okay, I, I have a few. Okay. My all time favorite hymn is Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Okay, nice. I mean, it that is is so full of stuff. Like, we haven't touched it yet. I know, like, we haven't touched it. It's just, we know we will. But yeah. that's one that needs some explanation. I mean, I, if we're singing that hymn, I'll always reference that verse, um, reference that passage so that people know what they're singing about. It's a great one. I can't believe that's your all-time yeah. favorite. Now, if someone asked me my all-time favorite, my response would be like, I can't choose I one. I can't choose but one. But I'll, <laughs> I'll list a bunch for you. It would be like choosing one of my favorite children. Right, my favorite <laughs> child. <laughs> and yeah, so Come the Fount was, uh, it was the only song that Agnes and I had at our wedding. Oh. Um, I think the reason that I love it so much is just like that one line, prone to wonder, yep. Lord, I feel it, prone yes. to leave the God I love. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking. Right. But it's so personal and relevant. I'm like, yeah, we, we're all like that. We're all, all human yeah. beings yeah. from the beginning yeah. of time have been prone to wander. Right. Yeah. It's um, nothing new here. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Tis So Sweet and, and, yeah. and, your, and your kind of how you're drawn to that hymn. Okay. Before we even do that, oh. though, how did you choose the hymns for this? Like, how did you yeah. go about choosing? So there were 29 hymns in there. 29. 30 if you include a hymn that I had written myself. That's which, right. Which is at the end of the book. Yeah, I chose the the hymns mainly because um, I felt connected to them. Mm-hmm. And so they're my favorite hymns. They're hymns that I love to listen to or hymns that once I started looking into them, I felt really connected to them and really liked um, like the meaning behind. So do you um, see yourself doing like a volume two with like 30 more? I would love to do a yeah. second volume. Right. And I, I'm sort of working on, on a second volume at the moment. Nice. And one of the things I I tried to do with Hymns of Note was include some hymns that might not have been as 
familiar or popular with other people. Okay. We talk about it all the time, like why one him lives on, why one him doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course, you know, if it's speaking biblical truth, it ha- if it has great music, you'd like to think that it just will live on because because that's what it should do. But that's not always the case. That there are so many hymns that you just lose. Right. They like are. There were, uh, in researching hymns of note, there were a few hymnists who you look at their like um, mm-hmm. bibliography and they've written like eight thousand hymns. <laughs> And you might only know one of them. I know, I know. We it's crazy. We say that all the we time. We see it all the time. But, you know, the Holy Spirit yeah. is still working in hymn writers and musicians. So there's has to be room for new stuff, you know, room for old stuff. There's just It just can't fit everything in, you know. And even the yeah. way it is now, we could sing a hymn, a specific hymn, like once a year. I know. You know, we, it just doesn't come up that often. We yeah. still sing it, just not that often. Yeah, so tell yeah. us a little bit about our hymn for this week, because we've spent the week researching it. We have fallen in love with it again. So, so why is "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus a favorite of yours? I mean, I, I first fell in love with it because of the, the tune and the words, mm. and it's a very pleasing, sentimental hymn. Mm. And, like, you can sing it, and um, I, don't know, I, I think it's quite peaceful, mm. and I find that... Uh, we always sing it a little slower. And so when I looked into the story behind it, Louisa Stead, or Steed, however you pronounce it, <laughs> like she was from or she was from Dover and then moved to Ohio. Um, but then one day they were at the beach and a boy was drowning in the water and her husband, like an absolute champion, uh, ran in to, to try and save him. And unfortunately drowned with the young boy Mm. and Louisa and her daughter Lily were sat on the shore like having to watch this unfold and I can't think of anything worse like it's so heartbreaking and so tragic I know people who haven't experienced anything as bad as that as that right will just give up on God and renounce their faith but Mm. through that and because of that experience she wrote this hymn and she really found solace in Jesus. And I absolutely love the Psalms. One of my favorite images is of God as a refuge. Mm. And I really think like in the aftermath of, of losing her husband, she really found God as a refuge. Mm. And despite everything that happened, she was not only could she still trust in Jesus, but it was sweet to her. Yeah. And uh, it's, once I, I learned that, I've never listened to a song that song in the same way again. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so after our episode today, I hope that that's how people feel about the hymn. Right. It is so beautiful. And, and you know, she is just so confident of her trust in him. You know, I've proved him or and or, you know, there's no question in her mind. And, None at all. And like so many of us, our listeners, people we know, have so many questions, and they haven't gone through anything compared to what she went right, through. So right. she she really has this awesome testimony, and we would not know her story if it weren't for the hymn. Right. So we have to sing yeah. it. We have to sing it. We have to share it. Right. Yeah. I think it just transforms it from what could otherwise be seen as maybe like a slightly childish hymn right. or something like more fit for Sunday school, and it transforms it into something really deep and personal and meaningful. You're right. I think that most people, 
in even me from before the research. You know, you just listen to it, you sing it, you think it's super pretty, but it's this, um, it's almost almost simplistic, simplistic. Oh, I was going to say like almost superficial. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's sweet to trust in Jesus. Oh, it's sweet. Right. Um, and you know, there's so much more here than just like this sweet relationship with our Lord. I mean, this is deep and powerful and connected and intimate. Um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of like what a friend we have in Jesus. Like he's so much more than a friend, like friend maybe makes you think that it's a little bit of a juvenile kind of song. Sweet maybe makes you think of the same thing. Um, but when you look at the words and you look at the story behind, behind it, it's, as far from that as possible. Like mm. one word really does sort of trigger this interpretation mm. that's not accurate. Good. Well, yeah. I, I mean, thank you. So I think, I, I mean, know, I think we're done. Will you let us know when your next book is, I mean, is published? Do you have like a timeline for that? Not yet, but okay. once I do, I'll let you know. Please. <laughs> we follow each other on Instagram. Instagram so, so we're going to share all your information right. to our listeners. Okay. Um, they can find the book on Amazon, right? Yeah. So the book's available on Amazon. I also have a website, which is hymnsofnotes.com. Okay. And on there, um, we have a little bit of information about the book. We also have some free lock screens. We have like a bundle of about 50 lock screens um, that you can get for free for your phone. I've made two short films about hymns as well, which are on the website. So you're using your editing skills. You're using your your profession to get people to, to hear about hymns. I mean, I think that's awesome. So you have two s- short films about two hymns, Come Thou Fount, yeah. of course, <laughs> and of course. Um, It Is Well, which has an amazing story. Do you see yourself doing yeah. more of these hymn films? I, I, I'd like to, yeah. I work freelance, and so uh, sometimes I'm, like, really busy for a few months, and sometimes I have, like, some downtime. Um, so I, I like to make them whenever I, I have some free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to share them. Are they Definitely. on YouTube too? Not just your website. Uh, YouTube? Yes. They're on YouTube. They're on, uh, my Instagram account okay. as well. All right. We are awesome. going to send people your way. We're going to have all the information on our show notes and then we'll, we'll have it, um, through our social media yeah, too. Absolutely. And right. we'll, we'll check in because we're going to be doing other hymns from your book. Yeah. And we want to know about your second one. So we'll definitely stay in touch. Yeah. The magic Perfect. Of, yeah, I love to keep in touch. Yeah. The magic of technology. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, William. I hope you all enjoyed talking to him. We definitely did. Yes. We totally want to have him back. Yes. And we want to go to England to visit him. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think there's probably a better chance of him coming to America. Knock, knock. We're here. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, his book, Hymns of Note, you yes. can find on Amazon. It's a beautiful, small book. And I find that they, the margins are big. So yep. you have plenty of room to write things in. Yep. Um, and he has a great assortment of hymns. You guys are going to love it. It's funny how many... I know. Hymns that he has in his book that we've done already. You know, know. the old rugged cross. Mm -hmm. It is well with my soul. Oh, holy night. Right. Blessed assurance. Yeah, it's so funny. Lots and lots of crossovers. I I think we have a lot in common with this guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's much younger than us. (laughs) He lives in a completely different country. (laughs) Right. But we're all Christians. We all love music. Mm -hmm. He's a musician. Mm -hmm. We all love hymns. 
Oh my gosh. I loved talking about Tis So Sweet with him. And you know, it's so interesting and fun talking to someone who clearly knows so much about the hymn. Right. We and didn't have to teach him anything no, about no. it. And he he was already into it. Yeah. So he talked a lot about the the hymn writer, Louisa. And so Kel, let's just get into it. Yeah, Louisa wrote the words. They're beautiful. Um, we didn't talk so much about William Kirkpatrick who wrote the music, right. but William talked about oh, his name is William. Oh, two Williams. That's a fun fact. Okay. <laughs> um, but he talked about how the tune was just pleasant. Yes. And pleasing and sweet. Right. So it's time for us to sing a little bit of it for you because we haven't heard it yet. All right. Do you want to just do the refrain? Sure. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Yeah, so that refrain is just Jesus, Jesus. I mean, a very simple refrain. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I read when I was looking up the research for this hymn is that someone called the refrain a Jesus mantra. Mm. It sings his name five times. And the last time it's strengthened by the word precious. Right. So there's no question who this song is about. Right. And, you know, I looked up a little bit about a mantra. You know, Mm -hmm. what is a mantra? Do you you feel like you have a personal mantra for yourself? Um, My personal mantra. Oh, this is interesting. Let's see. You know, this past year has been so hard, Mm -hmm. you know, just with the pandemic and the changes in work and everything. And I have frequently said Pray more, complain less. Ah. Pray more, complain less. That's a great mantra. Yeah, and I sometimes throw in smile more, complain less. Oh, well, you could say smile more, talk less. Oh, is that from Hamilton? (laughs) That's from Hamilton. (laughs) So Lin-Manuel Miranda has a nice little (laughs) mantra too. Yes. So is the mantra just Jesus, Jesus, just saying his name? Well, I looked up mantra. Okay. It actually originates in Hinduism or Buddhism. Okay. And it's a word or a sound that is repeated to aid in con- in meditation. Okay. You know, so you, we could say that to aid in prayer. It's a statement or slogan that's repeated frequently. And I thought that this was really interesting because man is translated to mind and tra is translated as a transport or a vehicle. So it's really about taking your mind to another place, which I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Mantra, mantra. And it's supposed to change your attention. It's supposed to improve your mood. Um, You can do it in your head. You can do it out loud. So Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. I mean, what better mantra is that? Right. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. But yeah, there's so many different mantras. Like I was looking them up. There's a mantra. This is a little quiz for you, Carrie. Okay. There's a mantra in the cartoon film Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, that's almost like um, complain less, smile more. I mean, just keep swimming. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, How about like a little bit of advice that we give to husbands and wives Mm -hmm. or husbands about keeping their wife happy? Happy wife, happy life. It's a nice little mantra. I know. So just these silly ones. I mean, obviously, they are really important to lots of people, and we. But but there are silly ones too. Right. But I kind of like thinking about Jesus, Jesus, 
how I trust him and what a message and a reminder that is for us. Yeah, I wonder after this episode how many people will have those words kind of going in their heads. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. Yeah, you know, Maybe that'll help. So I did a little bit of digging about trust and what does trusting in God mean. Okay. And what it looks like. And we see it in the hymns so clearly. But tr- number one is that trusting gives rest. I mean, and can you, I mean, even you just kind of sighed when you heard that. Right. When, when you're not worried, when you're not anxious, when you're not thinking about all of these things and you just decide to put your trust in him, God gives you rest. God gives you calm. God gives you contentment. Trusting brings healing. Mm-hmm. That's God's work of salvation. Cleansing, cleansing from sin, the birth of new life. And, he, and, and Louisa even mentions neath the healing cleansing flood. She writes that. Trusting brings healing. Trusting means, this is number three, if you're, okay. if you're paying attention if and you, counting. If you're taking notes. If you're taking notes. <laughs> trusting means I don't have to rely on myself. I mean, we are a self-reliant people. Mm-hmm. We don't want to ask anyone for help, but this really goes against God's teaching completely. Right. Abraham trusted God. He left his home not knowing mm-hmm. where he was going. No map, no destination. <laughs> Imagine if any of us did that. No. But Abraham completely trusted God, and he didn't have to worry about it on his own. God never intended us to be self-sufficient. That's the kind of funny thing. God wants us to rely on him and so that he would bear the load for us. And, I mean, even just as like William said, we talked about her story. I mean, Louisa lived this out. Yeah. And then finally, trusting means going to Jesus for what we need. Mm -hmm. Just going to him in prayer. And that's where that mantra comes in. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. Because we don't have to go anyplace else. We can go right to him. And you know that, Jesus offers himself freely for us, His uh, completely. There's nothing else missing once you put your trust in Jesus. And how awesome is that to make these the words of your prayer? Like start every prayer with Jesus, Jesus, how I trust mm. you. And then, you know, continue with your prayer. These yeah. are the words. And so this, our, our hymn writer, Louisa, had to learn this. I mean, William told us the story of right. how she witnessed her husband die right in front of her. Right. And also, like, after that, she and her daughter like, really lived in poverty. Right. They, they didn't struggled. have the money. Um, and there, there's a story that Louisa says that mm-hmm. she literally, like, sat at the table with her daughter, Lily, mm-hmm. praying for food. They had no food. And immediately there was a knock at the door with people bringing them food. That's amazing. It is. It is. But she knew that God would provide. Mm-hmm. She knew it. Well, she says how I've proved him or right. and or. Like she's saying she's lived through right. circumstance after circumstance where God has been faithful. Right. Over and over again. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. So let's talk we a little bit about Louisa. Yeah. I mean, she. we did talk about her a little, a little bit already. What's really interesting to me, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Is that our the regular website that I go to for information on hymn writers, when I looked her up, said no biographical information available at this time. What? Why? I don't know. I, had no- I don't know. And I don't even know her actual birth date. We were never able to find it, were no, we? No, it was, yeah, it's like Circa. We don't know. Yeah, it's Circa. So, Louisa M. R. Steed was born in 1850 in Dover, England. 
So we have very little information about her. Mm -hmm. The information that we have basically is about her Christian walk because it must have been passed down in like letters and journals. She was born in Dover, England. Now, we both have been to Dover, England. Yes. Not together, though. We weren't together. No, no. And William said that he had been to Dover. Mm -hmm. I mean... The pictures are beautiful. The White Cliffs of Dover. I can remember being yes. there and just being incredibly impressed. I mean, we want to go back. Where's our captain? This is your captain speaking. <laughs> so I, I doubt that people knew <laughs> it's so sweet to trust in Jesus because we gave the White Cliffs of Dover as a hint. I know, I doubt. I I, you know, but those White Cliffs of Dover are so important to England. It's really interesting to me. First of all, they are a height of 350 feet made of chalk accented by streaks of black flint. They stretch for eight miles. Now, this coastline is the closest to continental Europe. And on a clear day, when you're standing there, you could actually see the French coast. Wow. Is that a fun fact? (laughs) Well, I think this is kind of a fun fact. Okay. If we end up going to Dover, we could actually do like the James Bond tour. Oh, I like that. (laughs) So the Bond author Ian Fleming had a holiday home there, and he actually wrote the books there. And you could actually track down and explore the locations behind these famous James Bond novels. Wow. And the movies. That's neat. So there's a famous song called There'll Be Bluebirds Over the White Cliffs of Dover. Okay. It's a popular World War II song, and it was performed by Vera Lynn in 1942. So does anyone know the singer Vera Lynn? Right, you want to show the song? Yeah, I mean, it's so sweet. Let's see if anyone recognizes this. Okay. There'll be bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover. Tomorrow, just you wait and see. Kind of sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. And so the lyrics are looking forward to a time when the war would be over. And peace would once again rule over the iconic white cliffs. And there'd be bluebirds. And there'd be bluebirds, (laughs) which is so funny because bluebirds, ready, are not indigenous to Britain at all. (laughs) So there wouldn't be bluebirds there. So, of course... Vera Lynn is an English singer, but the song was written by two Americans. I know. So they just assumed that their bluebirds were everywhere. <laughs> and I guess what other bird could fit there in those in that lyric? You know, there'll be cardinals, sparrows, eagles, finches. <laughs> I'm sure they could have come up with something. But Nat Burton and Walter Kent. And you know what's funny? Walter Kent also wrote the famous song, I'll Be Home for That's Christmas. Fun fact. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to... <laughs> So sometimes some episodes are just full of tangents, aren't right, they? Right, right. And that song was just so pretty and cute. We had to share it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So she leaves Dover. She's not there for very long. No. As a child, she, they come to America. She lives in Ohio. Yeah, and it says that she goes to a camp meeting when she's nine years old, and she gives her life over Aww. to Christ. And not only did she give her life over to Christ, but she dedicated her life to missionary service. Mm-hmm. Even as a young child, mm-hmm. she wanted to be a missionary. But we read that she was not healthy. She was poor in health, and it prevented her from serving initially. So she stayed in the States. She got married in 1875, and she had one daughter named Lily. And after, basically after the husband died, she, her and Lily went to Cape Colony, South Africa, because she wanted to work as a missionary. She married Robert Wodehouse, who was a native of South Africa, and they were missionaries there together. 
Eventually, they returned back to America. Again, it says cryptically because of her health. And the husband pastored a Methodist congregation in the U.S. till 1900. She ended up going back to Africa to work at the Methodist Mission Station in southern Rhodesia. Do you know where southern Rhodesia is? It's present-day Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. So what's so interesting is that she's she's passed on her love of missions to her daughter. Mm-hmm. Her daughter, Lily, married, and they st- continued, her and her husband, continued to serve for many years in South Rhodesia. And it, we read that the Christians in South Rhodesia continued to sing her hymn. Aww. It is so sweet. They sang it in their local Shona language. And Kelly, she's actually buried in Zimbabwe. Right. I mean, the people of Zimbabwe loved her hymn. Yes. We love her hymn. I yes. mean, let's talk about her words. Okay. We talked about trusting, but let's look at these words of the first verse. Okay. You ready to sing it? Yeah. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. So this verse was definitely inspired, you know, by her own experiences and her own Mm -hmm. tragedy and how she, you know, came through and how she relied on God. Mm -hmm. Um, But what else? It's just a simple statement of trust in Jesus, which you might just kind of dismiss as a simple statement. But Mm -hmm. when you know what she had been through, you realize that this is more than just like simple trust. And that's like what we talked about with William. I know. I love that. And so we're invited to rest upon his promise, but it never really says the promise. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we just kind of assume that the promise is the promise of salvation. Rest upon his promise that we are saved. And maybe that promise was important to her because she knows someday she'll see her husband again. Now, in some editions, they actually change a couple of the words. Did you see this? Yeah. So, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. The next word of the song is just to rest upon his promise. And, you know, there was some criticism, like too many justs. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Again. Just in simple faith to plunge me. I mean, there's a lot of just. So if they take out the word just, they put in the word and. Mm. Yeah, so tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word and to rest upon his promise and to know, thus saith the Lord. Mm. So you throw these ands in. So they some editors prefer the and. It relieves the redundancy of it and it connects the lines better, right? You do one thing and and you do another. Right. But- Louisa wrote just, just, just that repetition of the word reinforces the simplicity mm-hmm. of just trusting in Jesus. Right. So, yeah, so it goes both ways. But I definitely have seen just. Have you ever seen and? No, I don't think so. No. Now, and she was a believer, had been a believer for many years mm-hmm. and wanted to be a missionary. We had to assume that she was knowledgeable in the Bible. The phrase Thus saith the Lord. Yeah. It appears in the Old Testament, really the King James Version, you know, thus saith the Lord. It appears 413 times. And Carrie, it's in the Old Testament, so it's typically referring to God God the Father. Yeah. Not Jesus. So I have to believe that she intentionally put that line in there. I mean, it's in quotes to say it's 
God the Father and, and God, God the, the Son. Son. Right. Yeah. All right. So stanza two. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust his cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. Wow, plunging, blood, flood. There's a lot of I know. great words in there. I know, that really almost sounds like a poem there. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that this cleansing blood, the flood of blood, is a theme that is seen in a lot of hymns. I know. But they kind of happened after this one. I, I actually thought the same thing. And, you know, we, where does this cleansing flood come from? You know, there's definitely some Old Testament and New Testament mm-hmm. references it could be the cleansing flood from Genesis 6 to 7 with Noah and the ark. Mm-hmm. But it also could be the blood that flowed from Christ, which we read about in John 19. What does the Bible say? <laughs> but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. So that's literally the blood that flowed from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's a saying that we say in lots of Christian circles. You know, the blood has cleansed me. The the shed blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven our sins. I feel like she almost started a trend. I feel right. like after her, we see this a lot more. And I think of the awesome hymn, Victory in Jesus. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is requested on our hymn sing all the time. And I can remember singing this as a kid. Yep. Victory in Jesus beneath the, the cleansing flood. flood. I mean, those are her words. So verse 3. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease. Just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. So pretty. A lot of justs, I too. know, I know. I guess when we just looked at the first verse, it didn't seem like that big of a deal that there were so many justs. But yeah, you can see how an editor would want to just change some change of it just so it's not quite so yeah. redundant. I actually kind of feel like this is my favorite verse. Aww, um, verse I, three. Verse three, I think that it can t- says everything you need to know. Okay. And <laughs> honestly, there are so many verses about like dying to self and dying mm-hmm. to sin. Mm-hmm. You know, John writes in chapter what three, does the Bible say? <laughs> he must become greater and greater and right. I must become less and less. Paul writes in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, mm-hmm. but Christ lives in me. And also in Galatians, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So we are dying to sin and self. And with that, we get from Jesus life, yes. rest, joy, peace. She gets her point across. She does. And I do love that verse. All right. Verse four. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that he is with me, will be with me to the end. 
Yeah, so that's her real confirmation yeah. of what trusting in Jesus is like. And it felt like when we went to sing that fourth verse, we wanted to take it a little faster. Yeah, yeah like with joy. Yeah. Now, I read that in the last verse of these hymns, it's basically obligatory that <laughs> you should mention heaven. So, you know, she just she did, did a little she passing did. thing. She yeah. Did. So the words are amazing, but we have to talk about the tune. I know. I mean, this composer has written some amazing songs. And right. we actually talked about him very briefly. Right. Because he wrote the tune, the alternate tune, to Away in a Manger. So it was the one that went, you know, Away in a Manger. Right? Right. It's just right. a little bit different. So William James Kirkpatrick was born on February 27th, 1838 in Dungannon, Ireland. Ooh. Now, when he was just two years old, his family immigrated to Pennsylvania in America, and he spent the rest of his life here. He is a very talented musician, Cal. He learned to play several instruments at an early mm. age. He played flute, violin, cello, and piano. And as he became a teenager and a little bit older, all of these churches were asking him to play for choirs and mm -hmm. rehearsals and ser special services. Now, during the American Civil War, he was Fife Major for the 91st Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteers. Wow. Is that a fun fact? Sure. Now, he was Fife Major. Do you have any idea what that is? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, well, think of a drum major. Yes. So he's the Fife Major. So he would lead the Fife players? <laughs> yeah, basically. Now, at the regimental level... There would have been a fife and drum corps consisting of 10 fifers. Oh my gosh, Carrie, we need a drum sound here. <laughs> All right, ready? Cue the drum. He was the fife major, a non-commissioned officer. He was responsible for selecting, training, and organizing the corps. And these field musicians were also used as stretcher bearers as well as aides to the medical staff. Wow, they just did everything wherever anyone was needed. Yeah. So um, I thought I think this is kind of interesting. The 91st Regiment was heavily involved in the Civil War. He was at the Battle of Fredericksburg, the Battle of Gettysburg, and they were at the surrender of General Lee in Appomattox, Virginia. He would so we he would have been there from March 28th to April 9th playing his. Fife. <laughs> I would never think that a Fife player would see that much action. No. Well, it's the 91st Regiment. Right. So he was just part of this group, this battalion. But, I mean, the 90 regiments in front of him had to have been doing something. <laughs> well, they were all, yeah. But, I mean, that's how he served his yep, country during he's... the Civil War. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So he got married. Now, he always loved music and was always right. writing hymns. After the war, this is what he did. He worked at different churches, but... His love of music, his love of hymns, his composition wasn't able to like sustain his family. Right. So he was a carpenter by trade. Mm -hmm. And then his first wife actually died. And after that, he devoted himself to completely to music. Oh. Now he wrote so many songs that are songs we know today. I know. A lot of times we talk about these composers and we don't know any of their songs. He only wrote 300 when you compare that to some of our other writers who've written thousands no he wrote but he wrote 300 and and we know a lot of them yes we I mean, know. we're talking about the away in a manger mm -hmm. lead me to calvary redeemed how i love to proclaim it jesus saves Such which is really one. one of my favorites and i actually really love lead me to calvary yeah so i think that we're gonna 
talk about this guy in another episode for sure. I think so too. Because there's lots of little stories and, and we can't get into all of them, but there's this one story yes. that we just wanted to share with you. And it's so exciting because the hymn that he wrote, Lord, I'm Coming Home, is in our church hymnal. Right. So he, the story is that he was at a camp meeting leading the music mm-hmm. and he had his team of people who were working the this tent meeting with him mm-hmm. and he had this singer and the singer wasn't saved, wasn't a Christian. It was oh. just like a job. Yeah. And this bothered Kirkpatrick so much and he was praying for this singer, mm-hmm. praying for this man to turn his life over to Christ, praying for him to you know learn the truth and see the truth during these tent meetings. And one of the evenings... He just sat down and he wrote this song, Lord, I'm coming home. And he handed it to the singer and he said to him, you know, this is the song we're doing tonight. You have to learn this. All of this happening with just in a short time span. That's crazy. And the story is that the man sang the song and turned his life over to Christ, said the salvation's prayer after singing this song. I mean, it. I mean, first of all, I 100% believe that story to be true. <laughs> Carrie didn't just make it up, you guys. <laughs> second, you of, second of all, you know that the Holy Spirit is at work, mm-hmm. you know, in just in just powerful ways. And then third of all, how powerful music is, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, people can be transformed by the Holy Spirit in thousands of different ways, but we always hear about how music plays a part music is so important and you know we've missed music we've missed singing because of covid and you know god intended for us to sing we see it in the past we experience it in the present all right do you want to show them lord i'm coming home you want to sure i've wandered far away from god now i'm coming home the paths of sin too long i've trod lord i'm coming home coming home Coming home, never more to roam. Open wide thine arms of love, Lord, I'm coming home. I mean, we might do that on an episode coming up, wouldn't we? Yes. And I mean, honestly, look up this hymn, you guys. The four verses are beautiful and so personal. I mean, verse four, my soul is sick. My heart is sore. If I was that singer, I would be like, stop writing about me. (laughs) Uh, So he used his, I mean, that's what these hymn writers were doing. They were using their music and their words to um, bring people closer to the Lord. And this is a song that he wrote both the words and the music for. The guy was incredibly talented because we have these beautiful tunes, you know, using the words of Away in a Manger right. and Louise's words for Tis So Sweet. But now we see that he is actually the one writing the words and the music. I love it. I love this Kirkpatrick. Mm-hmm. So we're done for today, We're Kelly. done for the day. And you know what? We just wanted to share with you one quick yes. Bible verse that focuses on trusting Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not referenced in, in her hymn, but it had to have been a verse that was special to her because it's all about trusting in God. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you all know it. It's It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That is a lesson for all of us, isn't it, Care? Yeah. We have to trust in Jesus way more than we do. I want that to be our mantra. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. I hope those words will stay with you all day, all throughout the week. We'll see you next time on Him Talk, Twin Talk. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.